We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. To the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news in the last uh, week or so. Uh, I'm Blair Andrews. My co-host is Hassan Rahim. Hassan, how's it feel to be back? Ah, uh, yeah, feels uh, feels great. Um, we're going through uh, take season at an accelerated pace here, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> We've got a really good guest uh, to help us get through this. Absolutely, yes. Joining us on the show today is Mike Leone. Mike is the director of analytics for Establish the Run. He spent the last decade using computer science and machine learning to analyze fantasy sports. He's a successful high-stakes season-long player and a successful high-volume DFS player. You can hear him with uh, co-host Pat Corain on Establish the Edge. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Two Hats One Mike. Mike, thanks for joining us. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, as I was talking with Hassan before the show, I've moved over to ETR this past off season. And as a result, I've been able to jump back into the season long waters quite a bit. So I really like 
you know, the different strategies that go with that. You know, sometimes with DFS, you can get a little bit burnt out. You're so focused on the micro matchups for a specific week. So I really enjoy the strategy that goes into season long and, you know, having the combination of that and DFS to play. Yeah, definitely. I've really enjoyed a lot of your analysis. I think uh, your article on stacking and season long was one I read with great interest. So uh, a lot of awesome work going on over there at Establish the Run. Thanks. Yeah, we looked into stacking. That was Teller Cavey, one of the co-founders of ETR was his idea. And the thesis behind it is, you know, we know about stacking in best ball a little bit, but is it underutilized in other season long redraft formats? And it was pretty conclusively a yes. You know, when your quarterback is having, especially mid-tier quarterbacks, when they there's three or four mid-tier quarterbacks each year, it seems like just smash their ADP. And when that happens, their pass catchers are hitting at like a 75 to 80% clip versus, you know, 50% clip for an uncorrelated pass catcher. And with all fantasy leagues having somewhat a top-heavy payout structure, you want to embrace that correlation. And, you know, if your quarterback doesn't hit and you tank out, well, you know, eight out of 12 teams aren't winning any money in your league, sometimes <laughs> even more than that anyways. Yeah, definitely. Very, uh, very underutilized strategy, I would say, in a lot of season-long tournaments. So something to definitely check out. Uh, let's get right into the first news item for NFL.com. Baker Mayfield said his chemistry with wide receiver Odell Beckham is much improved heading into their second season together. So, uh, Mike Baker mentioned that OBJ seems to fit better in the revamped offense. What are your expectations for Mayfield and for the rest of the Browns receivers this season? Yeah, Odell's in a spot where I haven't drafted him a ton just because I seem to be so high on Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper, maybe, you know, even Calvin Ridley and Galladay that I just never seem to be in a position to draft him. But it's not because I dislike him. You know, Obviously, historically elite talent despite the disappointment of the last couple of seasons. Baker Mayfield, we thought, was on trajectory to become one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like Certainly a great prospect. I think they get on track this year. Uh, with a much better head coach. You know, it was a disaster under Kitchens last year, and Stefanski seems like he's got his stuff together. The slight concern here is just that Minnesota was a pretty run-heavy team, slow-paced. Cleveland was slow-paced, run-heavy last year. You could make an argument that Stefanski in Minnesota was held back by the head coach he was working under in Mike Zimmer. So maybe there's some optimism, but I think you really need a lot of efficiency for things to hit a super high ceiling there. With that said, Jarvis Landry's cost right now is incredibly low. One of the players that is on the most of my teams, probably the player that I have the most on across all my teams so far this offseason. And Baker Go is a late-round quarterback target. So it's pretty easy to stack despite the fact that I have missed out on OBJ early. Yeah, to, to your point, I'm just looking at some FFPC uh, basketball ADP. and. OBJ goes in such a goofy spot, like you said. Like, like the DJ Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster are going right around him. AJ Brown, and Calvin Ridley going right after him. Uh, if you want a running back, like you're looking at Lavelle, DJ Swift, you know, Singletary, Akers, like all these other guys. It's just, it's just, uh, and and it's like he goes at, uh, at a point where it's possible to stack OBJ, Landry, Baker, but um, it's. But it feels a bit of a reach to jam all three of them in a little bit, if you know what I mean. So, but like uh, the guy, like like a very feasible stack uh, on FFPC or really anywhere else, uh, is uh, 
Cooper, Landry, and Baker, especially because Landry's ADP uh, seems to have uh, backslid quite a bit after that news about his hip um, and him starting the season on pop. And, you know, he's like still working out with trainers, not really, not really um, going in. And, and I think like this is a very uh, by the dip type of situation. And if you're, you know, bullish on uh, the outlook for the Cleveland passing offense, uh, you know, it's a very good reason to do it. And, and if you're playing in any of these, um, tournaments like uh, underdog or, or DK or, or, you know, drafters or wherever, uh, you know, there's, there's a good, you know, you can actually, because of how late a lot of the Cleveland um, pieces are going outside of OBJ, you can find a way to get ways to get unique. You can go hunt Landry and then you can go, go Baker. So that way you're locking up, uh, you know, receiving production via your RV, RV spot as well. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. And even with hunt expected to have a role in the passing game, this is, pretty condensed passing game right i mean you've got hunt odell landry hooper there's not much competition behind them so if for some reason the volume in terms of pass rate in terms of plays run per game is a lot higher than i'm initially expecting all these guys should do really well and i'm surprised at the adp on hooper he was someone early in the offseason i drafted a lot in the Establish the run rankings for FFPC. We have him TE11, his positional ADP is TE14. And that's even with us anticipating a lot less volume than last year. So sometimes these guys, I feel like, are overdrafted where you're expecting regression and volume. But for some reason, that doesn't seem to be happening with Hooper. Yeah, that's a great point on uh, on not only Hooper's cost, on Landry's cost, but yeah, on how condensed this passing game is. It's pretty clear who you want to add in for the uh, stack. Um, yeah, I mean, just to give a sense of how undervalued a lot of these guys for our FFPC stat attack of the week, it looks like Hooper was the tight end six last year in FFPC scoring. Landry was the wide receiver 12. So we're talking about guys who were basically every week starters last season that you are now getting. I mean, what is Landry like a wide receiver three by ADP? Yeah, thir- wide receiver 33 the last seven days uh, in the football yeah. championship. Going after AJ Green. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So uh, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson, had, he hasn't practiced since last Wednesday, he's, and he's dealing with a leg injury. The Steelers, uh, they haven't elaborated on the nature of his injury, but it apparently doesn't appear to be a major one. Uh, Mike, with this news, are you dropping Deontay Johnson down your board, um, or are you treating this sort of as a buy-low opportunity? Probably treating it more as a buy-low opportunity, given that it doesn't sound that serious. and. Deontay Johnson is someone in a vacuum that I like a lot, but as I've already mentioned, I'm really high on Juju Smith-Schuster, and I'm wondering if the market's underrating you know, how much volume Juju might take from Deontay. So I haven't ended up drafting Deontay a lot, despite liking his profile. So now if he drops a round or so because of injury concerns, it gives me an opportunity to get some of that exposure that I haven't been able to get on a player that I do like, but I have a tough time taking over, you know, Christian Kirk type guys that I just seem to always be in a position to take those guys before Deontay. Yeah, I'm with you. There was a period, that brief period, shortly following the NFL draft, or like maybe it was like early June, where where like you couldn't open up Twitter or look at any news news source without someone just talking about Deontay Johnson and like ADP just spiked ridiculously, and Juju's was in like freefall. And and I think people realize, oh, what are we doing here? Like you're getting Juju so late and you're taking Deontay so early. Like what are we really doing here? And that's where like Deontay's kind of backslid and, and Juju rose a little bit. But 
the good news, the good thing is, is um, the heat, like all of these guys are very stackable because of how cheap Ben Roth is. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like if you just are like able to make Steeler stacks, it's not really a backdoor because like you're still going to need to be a little bit more like thoughtful about when you're going about it, but you can get Juju, Ben and James Washington to round that out or Juju, Ben, Eric Ebron. And you know, like it's just, there's so many combos you can make from these guys. Uh, out of curiosity, are you in on Ebron or even Chase Claypool? James yeah. Washington, well. As you mentioned, I love the flexibility of some stacks. You know, the Rams are similar to me. I know Cup and Woods go somewhat early, but you can get them three, four, four, five sometimes. And just knowing that I can get the quarterback late, I love being able to get the upside, the correlated upside without paying a premium on the stack. Because if you pay too much of a premium, you you know, you defeat some of the purpose of the upside that you're getting. And the other similarity between both these offenses is there's a chance they throw it on the golf like led the league in pass attempts last year and is going QB 16. And when Ben was the quarterback two years ago and healthy, they had, I think they led the league in pass attempts or they were at least near the very top. I am worried that maybe I'm over optimistic on, you know, this isn't the team it was two years ago. We don't know how healthy Ben is. The defense was absurdly good last year and they just might not have to throw it a lot. So there's part of me that wonders if I'm being overly optimistic. But I just, uh, I mean, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is someone that's easily going in round one or round two next year. So if I can get him in three, four, and then Ebron, you know, tight ends in particular in my stacking article, when you're looking, when you miss the top couple of tiers of tight ends, at that point, I think you really want to take the correlation because those guys are so hit or miss that they, and they're very touchdown dependent that they end up really tethered to the success of their quarterback. So I have gotten Ebron a lot and then, I haven't had any Claypool. I know a lot of great reports on him. I, someone that I guess I had kind of coming into the offseason assumed that he was too raw and wouldn't see meaningful targets yet. I'm, I'm sort of thinking I'm in a best ball right now, a slow draft where round 18, I'm like, do I take Claypool? And the one interesting aspect about Claypool, if you're in a best ball league, is it's very hard to get unique players and be unique. And I think people are like, oh, you know, mix up your players you take early to get unique combinations. And I'm not really into that because ADPs are always changing. And then sometimes you just end up having the same combination of players as somebody else, just in a worse order and, and your lower expected value. But something Drew Dinkmeyer wrote for Establish the Run is if you take players at the very end who legitimately aren't getting drafted in a lot of these drafts, you actually can be unique come tournament time where Claypool goes off and there's legitimately no other rosters, you know, if you're in the underdog best ball mania week 14 that even have Chase Claypool. This is actually a very, very important point. Uh, it reminds me of uh, when Philip Lindsay was that waiver wire league winner. And he wasn't even like drafted in like a, like a chunk of, of uh, best ball leagues for the entire offseason. No one had any idea who he was. And it was like week, like preseason week three. And this Philip Lindsay cat is like making plays and people still weren't drafting him. And it wasn't until he was like on the active roster, like on the active 53 man, did people start taking, I think he was drafted on like a very minor majority of, uh, of best ball leagues. And that was when there was no tournament. That's the kind of guy, if you had like a handful of shares in, in like a tournament setting, you're just, you're, you're lapping the comp- competition, even as you get into the high leverage weeks. Um, and I do like that point of just having that unique guy at the end of, of, of drafts because, you know, like like you said, like if you're correlating them with the pass catcher, there's, you know, a pretty good chance both of those guys go off because you really need to thread that needle a little bit. And I think that that's a really good point. Um, 
just looking back at 2018, uh, you know, pace and uh, run fast tendency analysis and the Rotoviz uh, pace tool, uh, the Steelers had one of the highest fast to rush ratios in neutral strip. They threw about 66% of the time, uh, ran 713 plays. They were also fairly quick. Um, and they had a pretty high uh, no huddle percentage as well. So if we're getting, you know, hopefully some regression on the defense as opposed to being the league number one defense uh, and, a, and a Ben who's 85% of what 2018 Ben was, you're probably looking at a, like just a ton of people who are like undervalued. Um, uh, out of curiosity, are you interested in James Washington and all that ADP? I've only gotten him as part of stacks late uh, someone that as a one-off uh, just seems to be other guys that I'm, I'm taking later or not taking a receiver later, you know, just like LaVisca Chanel, I think has more upside as a one-off, even Josh Reynolds, uh, you know, going back to the Rams again. So I think James Washington's fine. I don't, I don't really have a strong take on him one way or the other. So as a result, I haven't wound up with him outside of Ben stacks. All right, before we get into uh, one of our new games we're going to try out, let's take some time for a word from our sponsors. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wersland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And while you're at it, don't forget that Rotoviz Radio listeners can receive a 10% discount off a one-year Rotoviz subscription simply by applying the discount code 2020RVRadio at checkout. Go to rotoviz.com slash podcast for further information. At Rotoviz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the underdog fantasy. Best ball mania. $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 to first place. It's only $25 to enter. It's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great underdog fantasy app in the app store on your smartphone device 
and you're gonna make a deposit. You're gonna use code ROTOVIZ when you make that deposit. Then you're gonna go refer five friends and Underdog and RotoViz will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania tournament. So it's, it's kind of like a two for one. You sign up, you put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code RotoViz, you get a free entry. No brainer, guys. Let's chase that glory. 200 grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, they've got a $5 tournament called the Bubble, and you can win 20 grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name, you see the ownership, you see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code RotoViz and chase that glory. Okay, we've got a new game we're trying to run out in honor of our guest. The run, it is established, or is it established, rather? Hassan, why don't you walk us through uh, sure. Uh, we're going to actually reference a running back, uh, give you a little bit of information about what happened to the running back in practice. And then we're going to decide whether or not said running back will see uh, the majority, and by that I mean 65% plus, of running back opportunities. Uh, let's see how this one goes, and uh, please let us know uh, what you think of it. All right. Rams head coach Sean McVay said running back Darrell Henderson suffered a mild hamstring injury, and the team hopes to have him back for week one. The run is not established for Darrell Henderson, unfortunately, because I have drafted a ton of Darrell Henderson in the 11th round of zero running back teams. But after a disappointing rookie year, now having this hamstring injury where he's going to miss three weeks before the season and you've got a highly drafted rookie coming in, you know, I'm not saying I'm not drafting him at all, but my expectations have unfortunately been tempered here. The Athletics' uh, Jeff Schriebeck reports every practice seems to bring another highlight reel submission from second-round rookie J.K. Dobbins. We got to talk about the news flow. You mentioned, Hassan, that we're in hot take season on fast-forward, basically, because I, I remember hearing five days ago that he might not be number two in carries behind Mark Ingram, and now we're getting these reports that he's amazing. So I'm going to say the run is established. I love if you're building... Really, he fits many structures at the running back, whether it's a hyper-fragile structure or you know a zero RB structure. When J.K. Dobbins is falling to round seven in an offense that is hyper-efficient on the ground, a team that is very analytical-driven, yet they took a running back in round two, really signals to me that they want this guy and they want to utilize him. So I am going to say it is established for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, my favorite recent Dobbins blurb, I think, said that uh, somebody comped him to Ray Rice after watching him in practice. So always uh, a good thing, at least from a football perspective. Patriots running back Damian Harris has stood out in every facet, including route running and pass blocking. I'm going to say it's not established. We've been fooled by Bill Belichick too much in the past, and uh, people seem to be buying this hype quite a bit. So I'm, you know, I. I'm below the market on Harris. A zero RB target at the end, but not someone I'm actively targeting. Yeah, I mean, we've heard uh, Patriots reporters uh, also boost up Rex Burkhead, who's apparently been this, you know, splitting early down and receiving work with Damian Harris. Uh, I think the only takeaway is uh, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, like a, that, that um, medical procedure must really still be bothering him that he's still not on the field and then the team also went out of their way and got brought in Lamar Miller and also for dirt cheap to be seen if he's going to make the roster or not but that's potentially five RBs they're going to head into the season with if you add in James White that's a lot 
The uh, Orange County Register believes rookie running back Joshua Kelly might have the edge for the number two role. So I'm cheating a little bit. I don't think he's going to get 65% of the touches. I, I'm throwing Hassan's threshold out the window, but I'm going to say it is established more just based on uh, value relative to ADP, where I think the market is behind on this one. Adam Leviton got me on Kelly a couple of weeks ago, and I'm grateful because I've gotten him legit, you know, last round or last two rounds a couple of times. And Justin Jackson's gone ahead of him a couple of times. So I'm a fan of Kelly. It should be an efficient run game with a mobile quarterback like Tyrod Taylor. And I do think they split carries a little bit more to start than people think. So you've got a little bit of short-term value. And then obviously if an injury happens to Eckler, it's hopefully a smash for Kelly. Yeah, it's funny. As prospects, Kelly looked almost identical in a lot of ways to someone like Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, except he's probably a little bit more athletic. I mean, Vaughn's ADP has come down quite a bit in the last uh, few weeks, but just the the delta between where you could get those two guys was pretty crazy. Yeah, Vaughn's ADP plummeted. He went in the 14th round in a draft I did. I was actually about to take him. He went to pick before me. Round 14, I was like, okay, I'll I'll take a stab. (laughs) Niners beat writer Matt Mayoko said, running back Jarek McKinnon gives the 49ers an element it has not enjoyed in recent years. My buddy Davis Maddock will disown me if I don't say it is established for Jarek McKinnon. So I will say it is established. And I really like taking shots on ambiguous backfields where, especially ones where we know whoever is going to get the ball is going to do really well and provide a ton of value. And when you have a run game as efficient as the 49ers, and you've also got McKinnon penciled out as probably the best pass catcher of the trio there, yeah, you know, it definitely piques my interest to see him going so much later than Tevin Coleman, so much later than Mostert. Yeah, and now you've got, you know, I mean, Debo seems to be making all effort to get back by week one, but we don't know how efficient he'll be. And now you've got Ayuk dealing with hamstring, and I believe Richie James, and then, um, and just a bunch of guys whose names are just like Madden great up there names, Trent Taylor, and like all those guys, like as, as sand in receivers, right? Like, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, this is uh, so shifting gears back to item number three. Uh, the Bills' official website believes third round rookie Zach Moss has shown his ability as a fast catching running back. Uh, Mike, like, you're a Bills fan. So, like, how far do you believe the gap between Singletary and Moss should be this season in drafts? Uh, it's been fairly inefficient so far. And do you think that like, Moss will start the season in a 50 50 timeshare with Singletary? Or, or like, what are your expectations for this backfield going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think a few weeks ago, the disparity was way too large where Devin Singletary was going in round five or so and Moss was going around 11, maybe even 12 sometimes. And I think they should be more like two rounds apart. And even then, I might like the Moss side of things. And this is where you have to really discern the high value touches. And Devin Singletary wasn't known as a pass catcher coming out of college. He was more involved in that aspect of the game than I expected last season, but he was really inefficient. I think he was below six yards per target. So Zach Moss comes in with a better receiving profile. We already saw last year that the team was giving all the goal line carries to Frank Gore. Frank Gore was awful in these goal line situations, and they just wouldn't go to Singletary. So they clearly want the bigger back. I believe Moss is 20 pounds on Singletary. And... Even if Singletary outsnaps Moss 60-40, if Moss gets the targets and the goal line carries, those are where you're getting fantasy upside from. And I don't think Singletary can repeat the 
the pretty otherworldly efficiency he had in the run game last year. So I don't have it projected that way off the start. I still think because Singletary will play more between the 20s that he out-targets Moss. But I, you can definitely make an argument that Moss out-targets Singletary. And then at that point, Moss becomes around 8-9 guy, more so than around 11-12. And some of this hype has inflated his draft costs. And I'm hoping it's one of those things where it blips up for a little bit and then comes back down after we get the news, you know, a little bit further in our rearview mirror. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really with you. I was I've been taking uh, like an un- unhealthy amount of of Zach Moss as far as I can, especially especially when he was like right there in like the 11th, 12th. It was such an auto pick. Um, like you really had to like it was just like if you needed a running back, like uh, Moss, why not? I mean, uh, but like my concern about this always was um, maybe Josh Allen because uh, he does have uh, you know legitimate rushing chops. Like he takes away some of that, some of those goal line work. Like he had some pretty impressive moves in the goal line uh, last season. Am I off base in believing that? Yeah, there's some concern that Allen takes those high equity carries. Some of those touchdowns he scored by the goal line came after failed Frank Gore goal line rushes. Uh, I forgot the exact stack. I think that it was, it was. I think there was. It was a surprise. It was like four rushing touchdowns came after failed Frank. So. You're hoping Moss gets the first crack at some of these opportunities and does better than Frank Gore did last season. Even still, you're going to have... I mean, he's one of the best short-down rushers in the league, Josh Allen. It's just like Cam Newton was in Carolina, and the Bills would be stupid not to take advantage of that. But it's a team that has a really good defense, that has talented skill players across the board, a pretty deep offensive line, even if it's not an elite one. So I think the hope here is just there will be enough opportunities to go around, especially at the, you know, the ADP that Moss is at currently. Yeah. This um, question kind of gives us an excuse to talk about some other guys in the bills offense. Um, I know Diggs is someone who has been making some, has some buzz today about how he's been playing in camp. Uh, What are you doing with these receivers? Are you taking Diggs? Are you waiting drafting Brown? What's your take? I've really struggled with Stefan Diggs. I thought it would be a pretty easy fade coming into the offseason because it's a Bills team that doesn't throw a ton. And I also get concerned when this alpha receiver comes in, but they literally got rid of nobody. You know, Dawson Knox, a young tight end. Not that he's a huge threat, but you've got him there. Cole Beasley as the slot guy. John Brown saw a ton of targets last year and was really efficient. So it's hard to see where the math adds up to get him the targets he needs. But at the same time, it seems like the market is scared of that too. And all of a sudden he's going in the sixth round. And then at that point, you know, something I've talked about with Ben Gretsch and he's, you know, helped me with is think about things in terms of, you know, you might miss small, but you could hit big. And he wrote a good article for CBS about Stefan Diggs and just his absurd catch rate over expectation at basically every depth target, the really strong, success down the field as a deep target last year your josh allen might not be accurate but he is willing to take those shots so i haven't drafted him a lot but i'm trying i'm hoping if his price doesn't move up i'll start to remedy that a little bit more john brown i've taken him in best ball around 10 or so in especially if i'm doing a hyper fragile running back build which is where i'm taking maybe three running backs out of the gate maybe i get an elite tight end or elite quarterback in that build and all of a sudden I don't have quality wide receivers up top. I need to make up for that by just taking a ton of receivers, nine to 10, and hopefully guys with big playability. And that's where John Brown fits into those builds. 
the weird thing is, uh, I wasn't taking Josh Allen at all a season uh, just because of where he was going. It was very like uh, you see Kyler going, and then you see Russ, and then you see like Josh Allen go right, and that, and then you see Matt Ryan go. And, and since then, uh, the market seems to have corrected or overcorrected to where like just Josh Josh Allen just slides all the way into that like QB window, right? Like starts in like round nine. At that point, you're just like what. The upside there in round nine is, again, what I was saying with Moss and the hope enough goal line touches go around. They're just a really, I think they could be a really good football team. And if you think Josh Allen is can even be average as a passer, they've surrounded him with enough talent and he has the absurd rushing ability. Probably only Lamar Jackson has more rushing upside than Josh Allen. So QB one season overall, I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think you can totally rule out of the range of outcomes. If this, if he just has those rushing numbers and if the team gets a little bit up tempo, maybe the defense regresses a little bit and they have to be more aggressive than we're all anticipating right now. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of bizarre because like when, when, when Allen slides that far, it leads to all these uh, fun, um, Really, just these bizarro combinations that you can come up with. Because if if you're getting like Allen in the ninth, you're getting uh you know John like if you're able to get John Brown where he's going, or you took Diggs earlier without ex- expecting Allen, then all of a sudden you've got all these outs and like Dawson Knox also becomes like a, like a, like a like a feasible final round end of stack kind of like double stack kind of guy. Yeah, Diggs in six, Allen in eight, Brown in ten, and then Knox in eighteen as another one of those guys that's just not going to get drafted in these leagues. And if the bill stack hits, you're, you're not going to use a lot of Knox weeks, but if you get into those tournaments at the end and week 15 comes and Knox catches two touchdowns and if no one has him, that's going to be you know, massively plus EV for you. Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end. OJ Howard is having a great training camp so far. Head coach. Bruce Arians said all the trade talk that has surrounded Howard after the team acquired Gronkowski came from outside the building. So, Mike, with a whole bunch of targets to throw to, how are you dividing up the share among the Tampa Bay pass catchers? Yeah, it's one that's difficult to discern. And I've got, you know, Evans and Godwin with about a 23% target share. A slight lean to Godwin there, but not a huge lean. And then I've got the tight ends combining for close to that, maybe a little bit less. How you divvy it up between Gronkowski and Howard is difficult. I have it like 12% Gronk, 9% Howard right now. I really don't know what to do with that. There's a lot of guesswork when you're talking about an elite talent like Rob Gronkowski, but someone that took a year off and looked dusty in the last year that he played. So I've taken some Gronk when. And his range in drafts seems to be, it seems like he has a huge standard deviation in where he goes for drafts. I was just telling you guys, he went around seven in a full PPR, high stakes best ball. I'm currently in a slow draft. And I thought that's way too high. You know, I value him more in half PPR because I think his value is going to come from touchdowns and efficiency. And if he slips to around 10, 11, sometimes I can stack Brady Gronk both in the double digit rounds. And I'm going to sign up for that. But when you get in the single digits for Gronk, you know, I think the risk outweighs the upside at that point. And then Howard, again, I'm really high on this offense in general. I think Brady has a huge year, but sometimes it's hard to stack because Godwin and Evans go so early. But if Brady slips so far, sometimes I will maybe dice roll, take him. And then I've gotten out with OJ Howard, who 
could have spiked weeks, even if you might not be super reliable in managed leagues. And then if you want the round 18, if we're going with the unique guys that no one's drafting, you take Scotty Miller in round 18. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 with it. Like, uh, like it's it's usually in the tournament style drafts where you just find just just the weirdest stuff happening sometimes in drafts, especially especially if you're doing a live one. Uh, that that just tends to you just see some really goofy stuff because you can see people going like I'm gonna like someone takes Adam Thielen and then Kirk Cousins is gone in the seventh and you're like <laughs> yeah like I, I've seen that that has happened. And 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 it's just one of those things where where like okay, uh, you still want to cost adjust a little bit. And again, to your point, like Scotty Miller is a guy I'm definitely interested in. He's gotten a lot of camp hype. Um, you know, after after Packer in has single handedly waved a war against the wage war uh, for Rojo, his ADP has put him <laughs> put him way way just like going into at the at the four or five turn is just. Um, Kind of a bummer because I I really like the idea of having you know Rojo as an out in like the seventh round in case I get squeezed at RB and I mean and and Keyshawn Vaughn's like um uh his his um ADP has diverged enough to where you can take like uh Brady uh Howard Vaughn and and Scotty Miller and then just hope one of these guys are going off in the high leverage weeks or going off when you need him to go off. Yeah, I was just, well two things I was gonna say one. Terrain has destroyed Rojo's ADP. I run this script each week to look at the how the ADP has shifted the last seven days versus the seven days before it. And Rojo has been on the risers list, I think, every time I've tweeted about it. So, but and then the second thing I was going to say is, as much as I'm not big on Vaughn, at a certain point you just say this is ambiguous backfield. He's a third round pick. Maybe I don't. Maybe he's not going to be valuable for me at the start of the season, but you're going to give me a guy playing with Tom Brady, who's the pass catcher of the group, and he's going around 12 and 13. I mean, I'll take a stab at that. And as far as the round 18 guys, you know, we're throwing out some guys that we wouldn't normally draft outside of a stack to be unique. But keep in mind, your round 18 guys not hitting very often anyway, so it's worth it to take some chances. I, I think we get too risk averse. We're like, oh, I can't take Scotty Miller; he's going to be terrible. But it's like the hit rate on your round 18 guy is probably sub 10% to start with. So why not take someone who's correlated and who's completely unique to the contest? Yeah. Does it worry you at all that we got reports that Vaughn is maybe going to start on special teams only and won't even be a part of the offense uh, coming out of the gate? I mean, there was also a report, I think, that Rojo hasn't looked that good as a pass catcher. So, um, you know, no good news out of the tampa bay backfield right now i wish i had video of Perrine watching rojo drop that ball <laughs> right between his hands that we saw circulate twitter but it concerns me the vaughn note but at the same time it, outside of best ball if you're in a managed zero rb league you know a lot of the idea behind that is to have a really good roster by the end of the season and if you're an ambiguous backfield on an offense that's going to be really good with a quarterback that throws to the running back a lot, that just seems like the perfect shot to take on a zero RB team. You know, when he was going around eight, that's different. I mean, we're talking around 13 and 14 now. So I think at that point, you just filter out the noise. You're concerned, but you just ignore it. And you just say, there's uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen, but this is the type of bet that can win you a league. Yeah, and there's there's people out here drafting uh, Leshawn McCoy like we didn't just see him like sit like in the highest leverage week. So the Chiefs is like Super Bowl run. Uh, good luck for that one, guys. 
yeah, nothing, nothing to add there. It's it was straight, healthy, and active last year. So maybe he does the same thing he did with the Chiefs. You know, he'll spell guys a week or two here, but it'd be very shocking if he was a vital part of Tampa Bay's plans. I can't remember, uh, but for some reason, I want to say that David Johnson also started uh, as a special teamer in his rookie season in a Bruce Arians offense. So I don't know if maybe that could be good news for Vaughn. Yeah. And Bruce Arians, I mean, that's someone that historically has been a lot of coach speak that we can't rely on. All right. Well, uh, that will do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on Apple Podcasts. Special thanks to our guest, Mike Leone. Again, be sure to follow him at Two Hats One Mike. Rasan Rahim on Twitter at HR5010. I'm Blair Andrews on Twitter at Am I the Real Blair? Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. somebody say playoffs nba and nhl are playing for the gold and our partners at bet online have you covered get in on all the action including a new nba bracket contest with plenty of chances to win mlb season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props so take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes check it out all day all night go to betonline.ag and use promo code blue wire to receive your welcome bonus that's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.